a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification, is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Welcome to Table Talk Radio. Indeed, Pastor Wolf Miller was just trying to get on the Facebook quote it page. Worked. It did. It worked. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Hey, uh, today on Table Talk Radio, we're going to be responding to some of our listeners playing some bumper sticker theology and church sign theology. Uh, mixed in with a little bit of Mythbusters. And then we're going to play contemporary or traditional. Uh, some games we haven't played in quite a while uh, here on Table Talk Radio. Uh, but first, I... I need to ask our listeners for a little bit of help. Um, I was thinking the other day, you called me yesterday, and uh, I thought, you know, I need a really good ringtone for for you on my phone when you call me. And so I was wondering if the listeners could email me suggestions of songs I could have as a ringtone for Pastor Wolfmiller on my phone. Um, It could be whatever you want. It could be, you know, I'm a loser baby or, you know, whatever. Whatever you think is appropriate. (laughs) So email those to Evan at Table Talk Radio. just record it and I'll sing it right now. (laughs) I'm still a little weirded out because uh, I normally, when I come into the office at 7 in the morning, there's no one waiting for me. But this morning there was uh, a friend waiting for me in the office, a little squirrel. Uh, And so when I turned on the lights and went to, it was hiding on the windowsill right by my office so when i went to open my office door jumped through the air right next to me and ran out the hall and i screamed like a girl ah! and chased it out into the narthex and then shut the door so now so now whenever anyone when the people start coming from matins uh i'll know it by the screams <laughs> yeah the, the neighbors came over and thought some six-year-old was in trouble but no it was just- <laughs> Just Pastor Wolf Miller. That's right. <laughs> that reminds me oh, when I was on Vicarage, boy. I was uh, I was preaching, and right in the middle yes. of the sermon, a squirrel started running up and down the ceiling tiles, and uh, so you're you know, up and down the nave. Oh man, that was distracting. Luckily, no now, one heard how... my terrible sermon after that. <laughs> That's right. This, the Lord is sending His squirrels to do His work <laughs> to distract everyone. To get distract distracted quick. <laughs> Uh, when, when I was how about this? The church was struck by lightning, and I was and I I was the first one into the building early uh, one morning, and the and there was a hole in the roof, and there was it was singed, and there was shards of of uh, wood from the roof all over the pews, and it was uh and I, and and so lightning struck the roof and set it on fire, and the rain put it out, but the water dripped in, and and there's you know wood splinters everywhere, and I was trying to imagine what would it be like. If that happened in the middle of a sermon, boom, and the <laughs> roof explodes. and I mean, you'd probably have 
three funerals the next week. People having heart attacks. <laughs> that'd be uh, that'd be effective uh, sermon illustration, probably. The the pastor said when when he walked in and saw it, he he said, "Who preached last?" And then he looked at me like, <laughs> <laughs> "Aha, aha, all right." Oh, boy. <laughs> so no, email me your ringtone suggestions, Evan at tabletalkradio.org. And then, uh, then I'll, let, I'll let you I'm know. I'm still looking favorite. for, by the way, oh, maybe our English listeners that we'll talk to in a few minutes will have suggestions for this. I'm still <laughs> looking for a version of uh, Mighty Fortress on the bagpipes to put as my ringtone. Ah, well, good luck. Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's dig into Table Talk Radio. Oh, wait, we have buzzwords first, don't we? Buzzwords. All right. Yeah. My buzzword for you is Nestorianism. And uh, Nestorianism is the false teaching that Jesus exists. This is a redo, by the way. We've had this already. Uh, You can check it out on our website at tabletalkradio.org. But the false teaching that Jesus existed as two persons, uh, the man Jesus and the divine Son of God, rather than as a unified person. Um, This was identified with Nestorius um, in the 4th and late 4th and early 5th century, and uh, was condemned by the Council of Ephesus in 431. You can tell that we've used that before because I'm just reading it off of our website. <laughs> nice. That's the previous. Th- that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I, uh, I have a similar buzzword for you, and the listeners will find out pretty quickly why we're thinking about this sort of stuff. My buzzword for you is monophysite, uh, and this also is the false teaching that found its way into the – or tried to find its way into the early church – uh, the idea that Jesus has only one nature, um, not two natures. We we speak of the Lord and uh, as um, having two natures in, united in one person. The monophysite says no, it's only it's only one nature. Uh, this is very similar to Eutychianism uh, by Eutychius, where it says that the two natures were so um, the divine and human na- natures were blended together, so that again you have one nature. So so you have the Nestorianism on the on the one side, which which draws, which separates the two natures, and then you have Eutychianism or Monophysites, which don't distinguish the two natures. Those are the two errors that we have. And I think it's kind of helpful just simply to take a step back and to note that this is how theology always goes. We're trying to make distinctions without separations. And as soon as you, as soon as you fail to make a clean distinction, you've made an error. Or as soon as you make a separation where there. There's no separation. You make an error as well. I mean, the same is true, for, for for example, with the law and gospel. I mean, we distinguish between law and gospel. We never separate the two. Uh, so so all, this is the, our theological task is to separate without dividing. Or wait, distinguish without separating. <laughs> wait, are you wait, sure? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's dig into the t- Table Talk Radio mailbag. What do we have uh, today, uh, Pastor, for uh, listener response? This? Oh boy! All right, hold on a minute. You have it there. I, I don't have it. I, I sure hope I have. Uh, I have. Uh, we get our buzzwords in though. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if we're going to be able to do it. We got a uh, email here. I found it from um, uh, from a pastor Charmley, who is in in England or something like this, right? Where is Pastor Charmley? Um, yeah, in England somewhere. He's one of our. I mean, we we have probably about three or four dozen English pastors that listen to the show i, <laughs> I think that's oh. true actually <laughs> really it's our biggest demographic uh, calvinist english british pastors we better be careful yeah i was i was corresponding with one of our methodist pastors in the uk so it, uh, it's crazy <laughs> all these guys you know i mean because remember behind every calvinist is about 10 blogs and so the calvinists <laughs> have lots of blogs and lots of children <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> well, 
Now, here, so here's the, here's the email. Uh, Dear pastor and seminarian, I must object to your characterization of Calvinists in the Praise Song Cruncher Marathon in which Pastor Wolf Mueller said that Calvinists would not sing about the wounded hands of God. Now, I grant that there are some Calvinists around, such as this fellow here, uh, who are this semi-Nestorians. This is a uh, Don Kistler. I'm not even sure who that is. But the vast majority are not so, so it is more likely that the song would appeal to Calvinists than it would not. I have with me the most recent English Calvinistic hymnal, uh, none of your degenerate American rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. In the 2004 Christian hymns, uh, da, 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 da. okay, here, here's the following hymns, and this is, he's going to give um, uh, a few quotations from the hymns. Here's one. Amazing love, how can it be, that thou, my God, shouldest die for me. All right. Here's another hymn. The immortal God has died for me. Another his hands were pierced, the hands that made the mountain range and everglade. There's a fourth hymn. We, well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in when God the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin. And then speaking of Christ in the garden, another hymn. Holy angels stood confounded to behold their maker thus. And another. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. Each of these hymns speaks of the death as being of God, not the human nature. Contrary to your opinion, it is not usual for Calvinists to make the distinction, etc., etc. So, uh, so my statement that Calvin, Calvinists are Nestorian and therefore cannot sing about the wounded hands of God or the death of God has been corrected, and I am sorry for making that mistake. Okay, fair enough. So. Now, so Calvinists apparently don't become Nestorian until after the Ascension. <laughs> now, here, here's, here's the, the Calvinist doctrines that tempt the Lutherans to call them Nestorian. Now, you can judge for yourself uh, how far the, uh, the, the Lutherans go uh, if, and if they go too far, etc. The first is this, theologi- this philosophical phrase that the Calvinists use. I think, I think Calvinists said this, although we'll know. As soon as the Calvinists hear this thing, if he did yeah, or not. That's right. Uh, how does he go? Uh, finitum non capax infinitum? Is that how it goes? Yeah. The, so. the finite is not capable of the infinite. So that while we have the human nature of Jesus, which is finite, the divine nature of Jesus is infinite. And so there is a there is going to be what I would call a separation between the two. Uh, in Calvinist theology, and it comes especially at the point of the Lord's Supper, right? Because the Calvinist said, while the human nature of Christ is seated at the right hand of God because it it remains, uh, it cannot handle all the characteristics of the divine nature, so it has to be in a single place. Therefore, it can't be in the bread and wine, like Jesus says it is, uh, so that the Calvinists have this communion with the divine nature of Jesus uh, apart from his human nature. I mean, the divine nature is not apart from the human nature. It's just stuck in heaven where you can't get to it. Hey, let's continue uh, to uh, work this out on the other side of the break. You are listening to Table Talk Radio. If you'd like to send us an email to uh, correct us on something we said, it's questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back. Right after this commercial break, don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Never imitated, 
never duplicate it. Each year, Concordia Theological Seminary hosts the Good Shepherd Institute, in which they talk about liturgy, hymns, the church's life of worship, and how it applies to the Lord giving us his gifts. The theme this year is the theology of the Christian's death in rite and song, and it's a marvelous schedule, beginning on Sunday afternoon, November the 7th, and ending on Tuesday, uh, November the 9th, at lunchtime. This is, this is two and a half days packed with the Lord's word and his blessings. The uh, the plenary, uh, one of the plenaries that I would really love to hear is, is Dropping Dead in Jesus, a biblical theology of death and dying uh, by, by William Swirla from Holy Trinity in Hacienda Heights, California. There, there's also the rhetoric of death, preaching that death conquers death. Uh, by uh, Dr. Busher and Peter Cage, uh, both uh, marvelous preachers. The, uh, Professor Pless is going to be there giving a plenary, the baptismal ethic at life's end, dying we live, uh, and, and that would also be well worth your time to go and attend. If you're interested in, in attending the Good Shepherd Institute, you can visit the seminary website at ctsfw.edu and, and sign up to go there. So again, the Good Shepherd Institute, hosted by Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Sunday, November 7th uh, to Tuesday, November 9th. Do the bumper stickers on your car say a lot, a lot about who you are, who you're not? You're listening to Table Soccer Radio. Right after we finish responding to this email that we're talking about, we're going to get into some bumper sugar theology via our our listeners who have called in to 1-800-385-SOLA, which you could do too when you encounter the world's worst theological bumper stickers. <laughs> All right, let's get. Well, uh, well, I know you guys were thinking to yourself, man. I hope I, I really want to turn on the radio today and I want to hear someone talking about. If Calvinists are Nestorian, well, look, <laughs> I, I did not want to walk into the office and have a squirrel attack me. So sometimes you just got to take what the world throws at you. <laughs> Listening to Table Talk Radio is frightful as a squirrel jumping out at you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, it's just Table Talk Radio. Uh, I wrote back, but we're talking about Pastor, Char- <laughs> That's right, to Pastor Charmley who said uh, Calvinists are not Nestorians. Uh, and uh, I said, well, what if I said Calvinists became Nestorians after the Ascension? And he says, well, you, I say that as much as Lutherans become monophysites after the Ascension. Uh, a best defense is a good offense, he says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pastor Charmley says this all in good humor, although it's kind of difficult because Pastor Charmley has two things going against him having a good sense of humor. The first is that he's British, and the second is that he's Calvinist. Both <laughs> are like... Uh, you know, it's it's like pork baking soda on the grease fire. It just, you know, the humor, it wants to live. It wants to live and come out. But anyway, uh, the, the, this is always the classic debate. The Calvinists accuse the Lutherans of being Eutychian or Monophysite, of saying that they they let the two natures be mingled because of the... The so the the so-called uh, oh here's another thing you didn't tune into here the genus Myostoticum, which says that the all the all the divine um, characteristics the characteristics of the divine nature are communicated to the human nature of Jesus, uh, but not reciprocally. So the divine nature doesn't receive the characteristics of the human nature. And in the ascension, this is what happens. So Jesus 
the Bible says, fills all things. He's omnipresent. Uh, he's, so he's always there according even to his human nature. And so because the Lutherans say, and, and that that's the reason why it's no trouble for his body and blood to be on the altar, the Calvinists say, look, you're, you, you guys are monophysites. And, and the Lutherans come, come back and say, oh, you're an historian. So I don't know if we're going to exactly settle this whole debate uh, here on the, on the air. Um, so we'll maybe just let it stand corrected that the, some Calvinists can sing about the death of God, uh, etc., which is good. And and my what do I say to these guys? You should just become Lutheran, you know. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just uh, head on over to uh, Hope Lutheran Church and start an adult instruction class, and you'll be ready to go. That's right. You have a you have an adult instruction class coming up, or we just finished, so we will be starting a new one here pretty soon. Yep. Fantastic. All right. You want me to enroll, Pastor Charlie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's let's uh, go to the voicemail from, from the from the email inbox to the voicemail system inbox. Uh, here we had a caller uh, about a bumper sticker, uh, and Pastor, get a little of this. Hey guys, love the show. There's a bumper sticker in front of me that says, "Worship me like the goddess I am." Next sticker that says, "One human family." But the odd thing is. From the rear view mirror, there's a crystal angel and a rosary. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun. Have, have fun with that one. <laughs> All right. What do we do? Okay. So worship, okay, worship me like, like the goddess I am. And one human family was the other one. One human. All right. And then the rosary. So are, are we to assume then that this car was stolen because he had different... Uh, maybe maybe not stolen, but purchased from from a, a previous owner, and, and the guy just didn't do anything about the uh, the bumper stickers in the back of the car. <laughs> Look, if you're a man and you buy a car that says "Worship me for the goddess I am," you should. I mean, you take that thing off. Yeah, if you have to buy a new bumper, it's worth it. <laughs> it's just a little practical advice, you know. <laughs> okay, but uh, he or she, we don't know who it is. Uh, had a rosary and uh, what was it, an angel uh, hanging from the an angel. Now look, we you the the thing that bumper sticker theology should do. I mean, remember we see bumper stickers as the window into a worldview. That sounds kind of poetic. Bumper stickers, the window <laughs> into a worldview. You can make. Could you write a, write a poem on that? You write a poem. I'll write a praise song about that. Now, we, 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 so that, we, but the thing that we have learned not to expect from worldviews is consistency, right? I mean, nobody's consistent. Um, for heaven's sakes, what was this lady up in Washington State that was a, uh, that was both an Episcopalian priest and a Buddhist monk? What? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> It's like being a jihadist and a peace activist. I mean, <laughs> what in the world? So, no, there's no consistency in here, but you don't expect consistency. This is so you go to talk to someone, and they say, oh, well, you're a Christian? You say, oh, yeah, well, they, I'm a Christian and a Hindu. Both. What? What are you talking about? Is that kind of like being an Astorian Lutheran? <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> it's like being a Calvinist and not being an Astorian. What are you talking about? It's just inconsistent. Oh yeah, Pastor Charmley told me in this one of these emails. He says, "And none of this, this, this doesn't make logical sense stuff. You guys don't put up with it, so neither am I going to." Something like that. And none of he, what is it? None of this well, log, well, logically Calvinists have to stuff. I mean, he, he says, "I think I know Calvinist theology better than you. I will grant that." I'm trying to remain. <laughs> what is it? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Although I keep being corrected by these Calvinists because I'll make assumptions about Calvinism. They say, no, 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 that's not right. 
Calvinism. It's uh, like trying to wrestle a greased pig. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, uh, worship the <laughs> the goddess. I, worship me for like the goddess I am, one human family. So worldview is inconsistent. Now we want to try to identify the worldview though that these bumper stickers um, are uh, manifestations of. So what worldview is this a manifestation of? Worship me like the goddess I am. Um, atheism? No, uh, that's not right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's probably just obnoxious. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, does she really think she's like uh, Calypso, the god of the sea? And and you know, and if you if you don't worship me, then she's going to send some sort of hurricane? No, 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 no. But this idea, you know, the goddess in you sort of thing, it's kind of a, just a paganism. Uh, we are uh, all, all gods and goddesses uh, that we control our own destiny. I think this is a, these, this whole you are your own god or you are the goddesses, just a, um, a way of asserting human, um, the freedom of the human will. Uh, of course, a freedom that it doesn't have. And, and you know, most people act, go around acting like they're god or a goddess. Uh, they just aren't willing to admit it. So this right. person probably also has a nose ring. Just guess. <laughs> um, you know, if if you have insight on this, uh, send us an email. Uh, questions at Table Talk Radio because I a lot of times when you do bumper sticker theology, uh, what the bumper sticker is doing is taking another popular bumper sticker and just kind of changing it a little bit. And uh, if, if if Pastor and I don't know the popular bumper sticker, then we totally miss the the whole joke of this. And that happened. You remember when we when we said Jesus is my higher power, and we thought that uh, we were, you know, the person was talking about Jesus being kind of the the power source. But what it was was saying that you know this higher power that's that's quoted in the AA program uh, that, that that this person is identifying Jesus to be that higher power. Oh, there and, you go. And and so sometimes we just totally miss these things, you know, which is which is yeah. pretty pretty common. So go ahead and e- send us an email if you have insight on this. Uh, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Um, so is that is that a, do you want? Well, there's do? something too about this one human family sort of thing where, I mean, it's kind of strange to have those two bumper stickers next to each other again. But you know, this idea there is this idea uh, amongst our secular friends that religion um, brings division, and so if and so then so because people are divided about religion then they should be united about no religion. Well, of course, mm-hmm. that's just silly because no religion will divide people just as much, you know. But uh, uh, but there's this idea, one human family, we all just kind of the, we all just should get along and like each other. In fact, yeah. maybe we should worship each other. <laughs> as <the other> <laughs> well, but okay, it, so, it's not true. Yeah, um... To play a little, play a little uh, casual apologetics conversation game. It'd be interesting talking to someone. You know, if you were, you were heading out from Walmart with your shopping cart and you saw that person getting in the car, or getting out of the car, you could say, "Hey, what's that bumper sticker all about?" It'd be, it'd be interesting to, to, to try and tie that in with uh, one human family going back to, I don't know, Adam and Eve, for example. Say, so, "Hey, uh, that's kind of what it says in the Bible," and <laughs> see what they say to that. But, yeah, yeah. But doesn't it? Uh, what what what's fascinating about these two bumper stickers is is that uh, the one about being one human family would, would would tend to say that we're all kind of on the same level, but yet the other one says, "But worship me." So we're all one big happy family, but you should worship me. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, really, if it's what equality does is, I mean, this kind of crazy equality, this uh, atheistic kind of um, trying to uh, socialistic leveling of everything out, 
it, it just is now it elevates the person who's doing the leveling. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as you say everyone's the same, well, now you actually happen to be the boss because you're the one who realized that, and now you're the great teacher of everyone's sameness. <laughs> right. Uh, That's well. the socialist trick. That is. Okay, well, after this break coming up, we're going to uh, listen to another voice. Two two segments into the show already. We don't even got, got to uh, all of our voicemails yet. Oy. So uh, We'll do that right after this break. I want to tell you about TabletalkRadio.org. You have this wonderful, wonderful merchandise shop. You know Christmas is coming up <laughs> not too far away. Oh, yeah, what and everyone wants. <laughs> I hope someone gets me a Table Talk Radio Frisbee. <laughs> Whatever, you... you You'd open it up at Christmas, you're like, oh, you'd be all disappointed. Um, but even even if no one in your family likes Table Talk Radio, uh, we do have a lot of merchandise for your pets, like a doggy T-shirt, uh, and you know dogs can't uh, can't refuse a gift like that. So check out our our website, tabletalkradio.org, and uh, and and look at the uh, the pretty pathetic merchandise there. On the website, we'll continue responding to our listeners on Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. I said, Are you gonna be my girl? No heretics were harmed in the making of this show. Well, physically harmed. Five hundred table talk radio points if you can name that song. Or what? Uh, Rolling Stones, something or other. Nope, it's the theme song for MythBusters, which we'll be playing in just a little bit. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'd uh, I'd need to give you some points for your buzzword use. Uh, I will give you uh, seven points for your use of the buzzword. Seven points? Yes. That's a holy number. <laughs> wow. I guess it's, it is not really quite the same when you just read it from an email. Yeah. Did you use... I used your buzzword, too. And uh, I used an extra buzzword. Yeah, you don't, get any, you don't get any extra points, though, for that. All right. Okay. What are we doing now? Are We're still doing bumper sticker theology? Yeah. Uh, no, this one uh, is another voicemail, but it's church sign theology. Here it is. Oh, okay, okay, good. Hi, this is Bonnie. I'm driving from Virginia to New Jersey, and I just passed the church... It was called Hear the Word Bible Church, and they actually have a website. I think it was hcwbc.com. But anyway, their sign said, A church where Christ is first and the spirit of excellence is achieved. Uh, I don't know what that means. So uh, that's it. And I'm listening to Table Talk all the way from Virginia to New Jersey, unless the baby starts crying, and then I'll stop yeah, then the blessed baby starts crying, and then she can. Please, baby, please. You know, look, don't don't go pinching your babies just so to give yourself an excuse to turn off table talk. Yes, please. All the way from where to where was she listening? Um, oh here, I'll play it again. Hi, this is Bonnie. I'm driving from Virginia to New Jersey. Virginia, Virginia to, New to New Jersey. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. I I should have done the math to find out how long of a drive that is. But. I don't even I don't even know. I, I, my, anything, uh, anything east of the, um, what you call the Mississippi River is just a big abstraction to me. (laughs) 
Uh, that includes England, France, Germany, every anything really. I mean, I guess if you no, keep going east, you, had, always, to, you, you had to cross the river to go visit the guys at Issues, etc., didn't you? I don't know. I was kind of we kind of entered into a fog, and I said I must be in the abstraction <laughs> of what we call the east side of the United States. Fair enough. Only All time, right. I, only, I've only been over there twice. Once to go to Mardi Gras, in New Orleans, I crossed over the river, and then another time to. Uh, well, I guess Fort Wayne is on that side of the river now that I think about it a little four bit. Four years that. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then I went to when I was in high school. I went to New York, and I can, now look. I have to tell you the problem of being an evangelical in high school is because we were there for a newspaper high school newspaper convention on St. Patrick's Day, and everyone we got told you know do not go to the St. Patrick's Day parade. And so there I am, dutifully sitting there learning about typesetting or something, while everybody else on the trip is at the St. Patrick's Day Parade right down the street. I can't believe I didn't go to that thing. <laughs> oh. uh, well, it was more of a fourth, fourth commandment issue, I guess. Apparently. Okay. Okay, I so think even our sponsor was there who told us not to go. <laughs> I mean, there's like th- there's a huge convention, like a thousand kids, and four of them are at sessions. Everyone else is on the street. <laughs> Me sitting there, uh, Georgia size ten is easier to read than Arial size nine or whatever. <laughs> okay, how about this sign that says, uh, uh, "Crisis for this church where crisis first and the spirit of excellence achieved." Yeah, the funny. I mean, yeah. The, of course, you could say, "Well, crisis first. Well, fine. I mean, but look, you maybe better to if if you have a tendency to say Jesus is first, then you should also maybe mention that he's last and then everything in between. I mean, that's how the Bible does it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. In other words, the beginning and the end, the source and the content. I, so it's not like Jesus is first and then you move on to other things. It's Jesus first and last and everything else. That's uh, that's how we should. So so that's but then the spirit of excellence. I mean, that's just like, it's like they're going to be handing out Franklin Covey day planners or something. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? It's, that's, uh, where does the, does the whole Bible ever call the Holy Spirit the spirit of excellence? That's just one of these trendy sort of, what you call it, uh, like, you know, there, you get all these books like A Passion for Excellence or Achieving Excellence. It's one of these buzzwords. And so the pastor probably – I heard a story. A, a people came to – I was visiting the congregation. I was sitting down talking to them. And they were telling me horror stories of other churches they had visited. And one of them, they went to a church, and the man was preaching not from the Bible but from the most recent business book that he read. Ooh, Can you imagine nice. this? And this is, a, this is what strikes me what's happening. This pastor read went and read some – cheesy business book probably 20 years old or 40 years old and and uh and it was about excellence so now they're going to redo their vision statement where christ is first and the spirit of excellence prevails or whatever ah yeah makes me sick in my I even, stomach i don't even know what to make of that one can we be can we be done with that one all right <laughs> make it go away <laughs> you you just just now just don't you're admitting uh uh that that you're not pursuing the spirit of excellence. Obviously, <laughs> I think that's well evident. <laughs> Our twelve listeners will say yes. It's not excellence. <laughs> uh, maybe do you, do you think everybody at that pain. church listens to uh, Rush Limbaugh and the excellence in broadcasting? Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, the, maybe that's the spirit. They just they just go in church and turn on Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> ah, excellence. Oh, excellence. <laughs> Okay, let's let's do some uh, myth. Why don't we do our Rush Limbaugh thing that we have half our orthodoxy tied behind our back? 
I got I, I tie half my orthodoxy behind my back just to make it fair. With Rush so Limbaugh? He has half his brain tied behind his back. I have half my orthodoxy. Oh, I see. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Um, Mythbusters? Want to do some Mythbusters? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we just have, this is where we just take kind of some common sayings and, and kind of analyze them uh, with the scripture. And the first one I hear all the time, and maybe we need to talk about a little bit what's being said behind what this little phrase, but it is, uh, uh, hate the sin, love the sinner. Yeah, this is a tricky sort of one. Now, now let me. I mean, I think I think people are are rightly uh, motivated. And, and we, okay, so they they say, okay, so and so, you know, he's a he's a homosexual, but we should we should hate the the fact that he does that, but we should love him as a person. Um, uh, is basically what they're saying, right? I mean, that that's that's what they mean. Yes. Okay. So, uh, what, what then is the problem with with that? Well, what do you? I mean, th- think through it a little bit more. Talk through it a little bit okay. more. I want to. I'm kind of interested to hear what you're going to say about this. What I think about this? Okay. Well, here, here's the thing. Um, does God send send the sin to hell or the sinner to hell? <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's that's the problem. I mean, that that God doesn't divorce the two, and so that 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 God didn't just nail sin upon the cross. He died on the cross. He nailed himself to the cross. Uh, and so the two really can't be divided. Now I think it's right that we should we should simply say uh, that we should uh, we should show love and compassion to sinners who even those who sin, uh, and we should speak forth God's word uh, in truth about that sin. Um, uh, what 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 I think this little this little cliche is trying to work against is is people just outcasting people. Oh, I I can't even get near you because you do sin. Well, if that was right. true, none of us could could talk to anyone. Right, right. Yeah, there's two there's two things that are being combated. The one is um is kind of a that rejection of people, kind of a hatred. Oh, oh that guy that guy's uh, unholy, so I'm not going to go near him. On the other hand, there's a kind of liberalness that says, "Oh, just do whatever you want," and and that's also wrong. So, well, how how could how can you handle it? Well, if you hate the sin, so you get all worked up about sin someone commits, but then you love the sinner. Well, then you still got to be nice to the person. Well, that's the way this cliche is to try to answer that little, that little paradox. It'd be better though. I mean, every time you see a paradox like this, it'd be better simply to approach it by law and gospel so that you, that maybe it, you can't clean it up so much. Maybe the way God does it is that he, he hates the sinner and he loves the sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, both. And so, so that, uh, it's that it's this um, th- that we stand because of our sin. We stand um, absolutely. At, 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 we f- stand as a as a a, hor- a horrific smell in the nose of God. We're offensive to Him. We're His enemies. We we deserve rightly His wrath and His judgment. He He hates um, He hates us according to that. Yet because of His Son, not because of who we are. But because of this, his son Jesus and his death on the cross, we the Lord loves even sinners, even his enemies, uh, even those who should get his uh, his wrath and destruction. So it's the, the the distinction to be made is not between sin and sinner; it's between law and gospel. Right. Very good. Do you do you have one of these for me? Yeah, I I was pulling a couple of these off of uh, my friend Pastor Hans Feeney. 
a pastor of Mount Calvary down down the street, and he has a blog. His blog is the High Midlife. I don't have any idea what that means. <laughs> uh, confessions of a Confessional Lutheran on the Higher End of Mid-Church. Well, goodness sakes, Hans. Well, anyway, he has a little uh, <laughs> feature in here called Face Punch Word of the Week, and he's got three of these in here. They're pretty funny. Uh, I'll just do a little reading, and then his Face Punch Word of the Week will be the myth that we have to bust. Uh, in an effort to keep myself blogging consistently, here's a new feature. Each week I will post a somewhat popular word in modern pop theology that annoys me, a word that, if used by you around me, might get you punched in the face. So here we go. Face punch word of the week number one, gifted, verb, as in the Lord has gifted Bill with a talent for evangelism. <laughs> okay, and Hans goes on to say, I'm opposed to this word for two reasons. Grammatically, gifted is not a real word. It's been invented by pietists who want to sound like they have a deeper understanding and appreciation for God's work than the rest of us. Turning nouns, a la gift, into verbs, a la to gift, for this purpose, is number two on the pietist list of favorite things to do right after being better than you and right before publicly <laughs> repenting of your sins. Very good. Well, uh, let's continue to talk about this uh, gifted, uh, because Pastor Wolfman had been gifted with the... Uh, with discernment here. <laughs> I'll be right back. Don't go away. Hey, my uh, thing should be a Jason Mraz song. Yeah. Roadside Prophet. No offense, but you should listen to Table Talk Radio. Seriously, no offense. And now it's time for Table Talk Extras with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. The law is intent on killing us. And if you need proof of that, you just have to read the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says something like this. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and that whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable of hellfire. You see, that law that just stands there by itself, you shall not murder, could perhaps be keepable, doable. I could say that I haven't murdered anyone today because I haven't taken an ice pick to anyone's back or something like this. But when Jesus takes the law, he unfolds the fullness of it. He doesn't dull it. He makes it sharp so that this law cuts, so that when we see Jesus' definition of murder, we know that we have broken it and that this law condemns us he does the same thing with the law against adultery if you even look with lust that you've committed adultery in your heart and so jesus unfolds the spiritual use of the law which is to bring us death to show us that we've all broken the law and what we deserve because of our breaking the law is god's wrath and his punishment then we are ready for jesus cross because there he bears the wrath and punishment that we deserve because of our sin. There he takes it on ourselves. We murderous, adulterous, lying, blasphemous thieves. We who deserve God's wrath. Instead, Jesus gets it and we get his love, his smile, his forgiveness, his grace, his life, his hope. We get all of these things. Not because we deserve it, but because Jesus died for us. So praise God that through the law we're killed and through the gospel we're made alive. This has been a production of Table Talk Radio. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.
All right, coming up on Table Talker Radio, we're gonna play contemporary or traditional oh, if, that's if right. we have time. Uh, we have some we have some more MythBusters to get through here. We're talking about this uh, this made up word "gifted" uh, that people use <laughs> in the church. This is face punch word of the week from my friend Pastor Hans Feeney's blog, thehighmidlife.blogspot.com. If you're interested, he has a bit of a wry sense of humor, being neither British nor Calvinist. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I wonder if the Calvinists prefer to be called Nestorians with senses of humor or non-Nestorians without senses of humor. <laughs> Calvinists, pick your poison. I can't now, wait. I can't uh, wait to see the emails that flow <laughs> in after this show. <laughs> you know, it's fine if you want to call us heretics, but don't say we don't have a sense of humor. See the nice, <laughs> the nice thing about British, you know someone <laughs> slapping someone on the head with a fish. You know, oh, ho, ho, ho. That's so funny. I laugh with a British accent. <laughs> uh, the, the, the nice thing about uh, three or four Calvinists having 20 blogs is that um, you know, we'll get on all of them this way. So, <laughs> you know, Lutherans are really into blogs, too. It's just that there's you know, several Lutherans, and so they all have one blog. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and here's the thing about Lutheran blogs. <laughs> all the Lutherans who have blogs think that other people read them. <laughs> it's a similar, similar situation to Lutherans with radio shows. Yeah, right. They think that people are listening. We, of, of course, are not affected by that delusion. We, I mean, Evan knows that I don't even listen to him half of the time when he's talking to me. That's so. true. Uh, yeah, that's right. Now, uh, my friend Pastor Feeney here is uh, talking about this face punch word of the week, gifted, in which he has this great line, turning nouns a la gift into verbs a la to gift. For this purpose is number two on a pietist list of favorite things to do, right after being better than you and right before publicly <laughs> repenting of your sins, which is a classic. Now, the second is theologically... Uh, his opposition to this word gifted. God is a God of order, and just as this applies to divine worship, it also applies to grammar. <laughs> so, don't use this word, and I will not punch you, probably. <laughs> so now, here we have this word gifted. This, this you know, this is a common sort of thing um, to do, to, uh, to talk about someone's giftedness. And you even have gift, spiritual gift surveys to determine your giftedness. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et this is a, a common phrase that you hear amongst evangelicals. So, what do you say? Um, busted. <laughs> busted. All right, that's fine. That's <laughs> you you guys should go and read his uh, stuff for face punch word number two is plan, as in the Lord has a plan for your life, and the face punch word of the week number three is we just wanna, as in Lord we just wanna thank you. <laughs> When That's it comes true. to prayer, if you want to feign humility, one of the best ways to do it is to preface your prayer with "We just wanna." So instead of being bold enough to thank God, you you tell Him that you just want to thank Him. Instead of being confident enough to ask God for His forgiveness in the event that we just want to praisers actually think of to ask of that, you tell Him that you want to you just want to ask Him for forgiveness. Instead of just straight up singing of God's love forever, you tell Him that you could sing of His love forever. <laughs> Uh, we haven't crushed that, crunched that one, I don't think. Oh, it's because it goes on and on forever. I just like, oh my goodness. I could sing of your love forever. Like yeah. this, this song is an example. <laughs> All right, I have one more. If you, if you, uh, oh sure, sure. 
Um, and, and this one has this one's couched in a little bit of context, but I'll I'll just uh, I'll just tell you what it is, and, and you tell me how it's usually used. Um, and that that is just a three-word sentence fragment. It's human nature. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's like this old business. It's it's to air is human. Or I heard what? Oh, I shouldn't admit this on the air. Uh-oh. Okay, let's just say that I was in the last two years, <laughs> maybe the last three days. I was at a place where there was contemporary worship going on, <laughs> and I was spying. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and and uh, one of the the praise the praise guru there up front said, uh, "The Lord, we are unworthy because of our humanity." Ah, Whoa. this is now a yeah. I know. Nice. Now, uh, I mean, I, I'll grant you this guy wasn't Lutheran. Now, what he was doing leading a Lutheran praise service, I'm not sure. But the, so he, of <laughs> course, didn't know that this is false doctrine because to, to err. What did you say? To err is human, or what was your thing? Mine was just it's human it's nature. It's human nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's human nature. We we have this um, this this is a theological point, and that is. Are we sinful according to our human nature? Now, in other words, is it is it human to 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 sin? To err as human—that's the phrase that we always use. To err as human—is that true? And 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 we think, well, yeah, sure, it's true. I mean, that's what human—we're steeped in sin. That's what it is to be a, to be a human is to be a sinner. But think about this: were Adam and Eve fully human? Well, yeah, of course they were f- fully human, and they didn't have any sin. Was Jesus fully human? Of course he was fully human and he didn't have any sin when we're resurrected will we be um will we be uh, fully human well yes we'll be fully human and we'll be totally without sin so that um and and did jesus take upon um uh, uh, uh did he die for for sin to redeem sin i mean no that's what he did in his human in his body he died for 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 people not for sin to redeem sin so that so that there is a distinction that we must make between human nature and sin. Now, it's true that our that sin clings to our human nature. It's like a cancer that runs through it, but it's not essential to it. In fact, our sin makes us... This is an important thing. Our sin makes us less human. It removes us from our humanity so that we are not fully human insofar as we are sinners. So to err is human, or it's human nature, normally talking about justifying a sin or something, is totally false doctrine. Totally, totally false. Right. Okay, I, I have this from uh, the Solid Declaration. It says, If there were no difference between nature and the essence of corrupt, corrupted human being and original sin, it would have to follow that Christ either did not assume our nature because he had not assumed our sin, or because he assumed our nature, he would also have assumed sin. Both of these presumptions are contrary to Scripture. However, because God's Son took on took our human nature upon Himself, but did not take original sin upon Himself, it is evident that even after the fall, human nature and original sin are not one and the same thing, but must be distinguished. Yes, that's right. That I mean, that's the first question that the formula of Concord takes up in Article One. Is our human nature and humanity, original sin and humanity, the same thing? And the answer is no, no, no. Praise the Lord, no. Uh, so that when the Lord, when the Lord totally, He's already forgiven our sins. That doesn't make us unhuman. And when He totally removes sin and its effects from our body and our soul, 
in death and in in the resurrection, then we, we we will finally at last know what it means to be created in the image of God and to be true human beings. Right. Okay, so what do you think? Confirmed, so plausible, busted. or busted? Oh, busted. Okay. That's also busted. I forgot we were playing Mythbusters. So <laughs> I think we busted all these things. Yeah, they're all busted. All right. I do have a hymn for you if you're ready. Uh, sure, sure. All this right. is contemporary traditional where you play a hymn and I try to determine if it's contemporary or traditional. Yeah, how do you do and that? And the determining factor being, <laughs> is it 1650? Oh, come on. Or really? Seven, or 1750. 1750. 1750 is, the, is the date. Well, uh, look, I... That's the year that Bach died, apparently. <laughs> and uh, that, that's if it's after 1750, that makes it contemporary <laughs> and before it's traditional. All right, I'm ready. So, so you be- always pick hymns from like 1748 or 1752. <laughs> well, we'll see if that's, if that's true for these. Okay, here it is. Uh, I always skip the first stanza because it would be a giveaway. Um, here it is. The foe in triumph shouted when Christ lay in the tomb... But lo, he is—he now is uh, routed. His boast is turned to gloom. For Christ again is free in glorious victory. He who is strong to save has triumphed over the grave. <laughs> that, what a beautiful hymn. Uh, you want to read a little bit more? Absolutely. I know it, by the way. Okay. I got this already. I'm, I'm ready for points. I just like to hear a little more of this Walther Easter hymn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this, <laughs> this, <laughs> yes, okay. This is a sight that glad that gladdens what peace it doth impart. Now nothing ever saddens the joy within my heart. No gloom shall ever shake, no foe shall ever take the hope which God's own Son in love for me has won. I'm sure of this. This, this is the Walter. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Da 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 da. The uh, CFW Walther wrote a bunch of hymns apparently, but I think this is the only one that turned up in the hymnal. His Easter hymn. Uh, da da. I can't think of the title of it, but anyway. So Walther. So it's got to be right around the year 18, uh, 1880 or something. Uh, so I'm going to say this is a this is a contemporary hymn. Oh oh! If I had my buzzer ready, oh I, I would love to. Am I wrong about that? Yes. Da, 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 da. Not Walther. Not Walther. This is actually Paul Gerhardt. Awake my soul oh, with gladness. Awake my soul. Oh man. <laughs> awake my soul with gladness. Okay, so Paul Gerhardt. So he he was writing when in the 1690s or something like that. Yeah, he died in 1676. So. Oh man. I thought I thought for sure that was the Walter Easter hymn. <laughs> he has the he talks about well they have the same sort of theme so um, the 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 devil rejoicing uh, seeing Jesus on the cross but then his triumph lasts just for a moment because Jesus uh, comes out of the grave uh, to to rejoice uh, or to to bring us the salvation and to bring the devil's triumph uh, uh, to triumph over the devil. Better luck next time. Thanks for listening to Table Talk uh, Radio. Uh, uh, where the points are like having Jesus with you, you when his natures are divided. <laughs> the views expressed on this show are that of That's the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll free 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.